And greetings and happy Friday to the Carolinas. We are on the Pete Callender Show, and I'm not Pete Callender. I'm filling in for Pete while he is out of town for a few days. So uh, this is Brad Slager. I'm from townhall.com and redstate.com. We are uh, looking over a wide variety, actually, of news items today. And one of the more interesting details was seen on the Hill. We're talking about a testimony from FBI director. FBI Ray was on the Hill getting grilled. And, you know, most people are probably looking at the Hunter Biden laptop story as the feature of these hearings. There was a lot of uh, a lot of questions directed at him as to the investigation. And it was as expected, meaning very evasive. Not a lot of answers from Christopher Ray as he was hit with. Numerous questions on that, but what really interested me about this testimony were a host of other topics that came up yesterday. So sure, uh, the Hunter laptop was deflected, shielded, hidden, whatever other defensive testimony you can come up with from Ray. But what really caught my ear were a few other items. The question and answer session with Josh Howley was particularly interesting because he was asking about Afghanistan. This was a uh, touchy subject, as you can imagine. I mean, Afghanistan is possibly considered to be one of the bigger issues, the bigger screw-ups, if you will, from the Biden administration last year. It was about a year ago that the extraction took place there, and we all witnessed that debacle and part of it um you know not to minimize the deaths from the bombing that took place at the airport but there was also the decision to use one particular airport and not the defense based one where they abandoned billions of dollars in equipment but just the sheer disarray that went on with this and as they're loading the planes up with afghanistan's the methodology was called into question at the time They were just basically shoving people into the transport planes without vetting them, without any assertion as to who it was they were bringing over to the states while the Taliban was taking over the collapse of the nation. Now, the administration kept insisting, no, no, everybody's been cleared. Everybody's been checked out. And yet, as you recall, stories mounted, and they're still ongoing, of the aid workers in Afghanistan, the people that were assisting the United States in their efforts, being left behind with their families. These are the translators and a host of the other native individuals that were assisting the government who were supposed to be given priority. They were the ones that were supposed to be getting on the planes, along with, you know, of course, U.S. citizens. That turned out not to be the case. It was really just a matter of throwing open the gates and waving them on board until planes were overstuffed and they flew out and they brought them here. That in and of itself was a problem. I mean, here we have people that dedicated their lives at great risk for our country, basically being abandoned. And 
you know, left to the whims of the takeover of the Taliban, who would not be too thrilled with these individuals, as can be expected. Well, the problem appears to be far greater here in the United States. There's been a whistleblower to come out of the FBI who has alerted to the fact that there's a wide array of the, those evacuees from Afghanistan who are unaccounted for while appearing on severe danger lists here in the States. We're talking about hundreds of Afghanistans who are on the Department of Defense terror watch list. They were not only allowed to enter the country, they are now unaccounted for. We have actual terrorist sympathizers now effectively embedded in the nation. They're in country now. And worst of all, in the question and answer with Christopher Ray, they don't know where most, if not all, of these terror suspects are at in the United States. This is just one snippet of it from Fox News. They reported, and this was back in February, that there are at least 50, 5-0 Afghan evacuees who were brought to the U.S. whose information indicated potentially serious security concerns. This comes from the Pentagon. And they revealed that the U.S. government officials are unable to locate dozens of these individuals who had derogatory information, as they classified it. That was their term. Basically, DOD terror watch individuals is what that means. That would make them ineligible for parole, but they don't even have access to their location. This is just a, another indicator of how much this administration is just seemingly at a loss when they can't even locate these people, let alone keep tabs on them to watch them. You can't be on a terror watch list if you're unable to be watched, in other words. Just consider that for a moment. This is the FBI incapable of pinning down potential terror individuals. So this is what Christopher Ray was asked about specifically. And the number of these individuals is expected to be up into the hundreds. I mean, the, the 50 was just kind of a, a pinpoint report. There could be as many as 300 or more of these people who are deemed to be watch list candidates who cannot be watched. So yesterday, Christopher Ray was claiming that they're actively trying to investigate the number of cases they're, they're still just trying to pin down how many of these people there are, let alone where they are. He told the committee that their, their joint terrorism task forces are engaged in an effort, this is his words, engaged in the effort to investigate potential terrorist activity, and any number of them would potentially involve people who came from Afghanistan. So everything's potential. <laughs> They, they might be able to get around to finding them. It's, it's possible that they can locate these people at some point in time. This is very unsettling. I'm sorry, but when we 
basically just cleared house in Afghanistan. Anybody get on board, bring them over. What happened after that is a mystery. And, and Ray is telling the committee yesterday, claiming that we have a lot of information about where these people are located. Welcome back to the Pete Callender Show. This is Brad Slager filling in for Pete as he is taking some well-deserved days off. He will be back on the airwaves here come Wednesday. So I have been uh, going over some of the testimony from FBI Director Christopher Wray on the Hill yesterday. And there was a number of topics that came up that were curious, disturbing, alarming in nature. And one of those was brought up yesterday with uh, Senator Ted Cruz. And this concerns the kidnapping plot that was in place for Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer. You might recall this was just about two years ago. I think it was October of 2020 when this was uncovered. A dozen individuals, the FBI said, had been collected and prevented from engaging in a plot to kidnap the governor and effectively overthrow that state government. Supposedly, this was all over masking and other COVID requirements that they said were oppressive and stomping on freedom. So they were going to kidnap her and overturn these policies, I suppose, was the idea. Relatively quickly, there was whispers that this was a Fed plot. You know, this happens frequently. A lot of times people allege, oh, man, those are all FBI agents. Those are Feds. Happens frequently when we see the Nazi protest and such. In this case, however, it appears at least to have a little bit of foundation of truth to it, or at least uh, some validity. Of the 12 individuals that were collected in this, uh, four of them were brought to trial. And it did not go well for the government. There was a hung jury on two of the individuals, so they had mistrials. The other two were completely acquitted. This was a complete botch job, is the only way you could really look at this. I mean, for the FBI to first come out and say that they have interrupted a kidnapping plot of a prominent politician in this country and have the entire case unravel on them is really a mess. And, you know, we heard so much about the FBI during the Donald Trump years and what a partisan mess that agency had become during that time. There was a lot of back and forth. Who was responsible? Who was acting in a biased nature? Things of this nature. Like It was highly politicized is what it came down to. And it's possible that things at the FBI have gotten worse with the departure of Donald Trump. I mean, this is amazing. Um, Ted Cruz was grilling Christopher Ray about this, you know, asking, for instance, how many FBI agents were disciplined or reprimanded as a result of this case, turning into the disaster that it was. Um, and, and it just goes on from there. 
just just consider the fact that they brought four guys to trial over a kidnapping plot and could not get a conviction on any of them. It, it is amazing. But Cruz even honed in on another factor. He points out, and Christopher Ray eventually admits to this, that there was a situation of failing upward going on at the FBI because the special agent that was in charge of this kidnapping case that went awry received promotions. He was in charge of the Detroit FBI field office. And after this went sideways, he was brought into D.C. And Ray tried to get out of this a little bit. But Ted Cruz kept at it. The, the individual in name here, the agent director, was Stephen D'Antonio running that Detroit field office. And Ray was like, well, I can't say who was, who wasn't moved up. You know, these are all internal but Cruz actually pinned it down and said, so the guy in charge got a promotion, is now in charge in Washington. Ray said, yes, the guy in charge of the whole Detroit field office is now in charge of the whole Washington field office. Here's the, here's the crux of it all. This means that the guy that oversees this disastrous kidnapping plot is now overseeing the January 6th investigation of the riot in the Capitol. This is what we're looking at. All right, welcome back to the Pete Callender Show. Here on WBT, and if you want to listen in on any of the other programs or archive shows, you can do so at WBT.com. And also keep tabs on what's taking place at the station on social media. It's at WBT Radio. All right, we have been covering here as I fill in for Pete Callender. My name is Brad Slager, by the way. Uh, been talking about the testimony on the Hill this week from FBI director Christopher Ray, and not to harp on the topic or bleed out as much as I can on this, but so much has come out of these hearings. I just covered how Afghanistan debacle has been magnified now because they can't find people on a terror watch list that came over, possibly hundreds. And on top of that, the uh, Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot was a complete fiasco, nobody convicted, and they promoted the people in charge to now oversee the January 6th investigation. And it doesn't end there. Uh, Ted Cruz had far more questions for Christopher Ray. He, uh, while speaking to him, a chart was placed behind him, behind Ted Cruz. This was rooted in a recent revelation to come out of Project Veritas. They have managed to uh, get in touch with a whistleblower at the FBI who indicated internally the FBI was coming up with new parameters in which to uh, maybe ascertain or pin down potential 
domestic violence and domestic terrorism, you know, various groups that could be problematic, let's say. And on the chart that Ted Cruz had with him, there were a number of symbols, flags, things of this nature that the FBI was pointing at in order to alert agents at potential problems, potential violence of a domestic nature here in the United States. Uh, one of those is the Gadsden flag. You know, this is the one with the coiled snake and don't tread on me. The FBI has deemed that flag potentially dangerous. Also, the Betsy Ross flag. Yeah, the Betsy Ross flag is being considered a symbol of domestic terrorism by FBI agents now. This is the stars and stripes with the original 13 colonies, the stars in a circle. This is being regarded as a potentially problematic indicator to the FBI. Um, also, one of these would be the Gonzalez battle flag. You know, this is the one It's usually white and black. It's got a cannon without wheels and a star above it. You know, the come and take it. Um, these are generally, or I should say, used to be considered patriotic emblems of our history. Not now. The FBI is looking at these as signs of militia violent extremism. <laughs> I, this is just baffling in some cases because we're really getting to a point now where just mere patriotism is being regarded as a problem in this country. You know, if you are to display one of these flags now, or if you just have a t-shirt, let's say that you've had for years, now suddenly you could find yourself on a watch list. Is that possible? <laughs> it, it's just uh, where we're going as a country is not in a good direction because the authorities now are regarding these type of emblems that used to be a sign of domestic pride or a sign of just patriotism or not to our history. Now they're problematic. These, these will raise alarm bells in certain cases. If we see somebody with the Gadsden flag, that's going to raise a red flag in the FBI. And, and when Ray was presented with this, he didn't really have much. He said, well, you know, I, he's, everything's evasive, of course. Everything is just kind of you know, pushed to the side. But he says that they also, in their internal documents, have wording of a nature that, you know, maybe uh, don't consider every single person with these items to be a problem. Well, that's helpful, isn't it? I mean, it, it got so bad that Ted Cruz even took a boot off of his foot and put it on the desk because he has that Gonzalez battle flag uh, on the upper rear portion of his own boot. <laughs> and he looks at Ray and like, so I guess I'm on the terror watch list now. <laughs> Something to that effect. I mean, this is how out of control the thinking is in our government these days. I mean, we're, we're looking at instances where 
we're judging people on what they display, not on actions, not on words, nothing printed or distributed. This, this is an extension off of the leftist view where they were trying to make the MAGA hat, Donald Trump's signature red hat, on par with a Ku Klux Klan hood. You know, this is where the divisiveness in this country has led us to this point. Sad to say. And it, ironically enough, it's the people who usually decry division in this nation that are employing these tactics at the same time. You know, it, it doesn't really add up when you complain about divisiveness and yet point at somebody for waving a Betsy Ross flag and accusing them of something. You know, this, this is a knee-jerk judgmentalism going on. And it, it takes place all across social media. We all encounter this if you spend any time on Facebook or Twitter. You're going to be met with, oh, you're just one of those. And then they lay into you with accusations of a serious nature, even if you don't say anything of a serious or dangerous nature. So, yeah, now, if you were to have the Gadsden flag on your Facebook profile... Or if you have the Gonzalez battle flag as your header picture on your Twitter account, this might get you noticed in the FBI offices. You know, got to keep tabs on that one. This is just outlandish that they're basically institutionalizing this level of judgment, and it's not healthy in the least. And uh, coming up in the next segment, I'm even going to display why this is dangerous to think this way but we need to get to a point maybe where we start to purge this out of our authoritarian offices i mean to have this kind of thinking institutionalized in the fbi is not a good sign you know, we're laying into people we're putting them in categories based on insignia alone and this is the top police division of the nation doing so. I don't know that we're on a good road. Hey, welcome back to the Pete Callender Show. Brad Slager filling in for Pete. In his vacationary absence. Well, we were um, we were just talking about the roadways and the FBI going after particular symbols. And I'm actually going to be able to tie all of that together, believe it or not. Um, saw, a, saw a humorous tweet that was floating around. This was trending for a little bit for some reason. But a woman had posted on her account that... My husband thinks I'm crazy because I refuse to visit or even drive through a red state because I don't feel safe. And there's, of course, you know, trolling and got all kinds of reactions and such. But it's just another indication of the knee-jerk divisiveness that goes on in the country, in social media. I mean, just, oh, it's a red state. Obviously, it's it's unsafe. Like, the second you cross the state border, you're endangered somehow. You know, this is the mentality that too many people in this country have. I know, it's just an uh, anonymous account that possibly just trolling for attention. But nonetheless, it it's not unheard of, this kind of 
thought process. And it actually has manifested itself in the press here in my home state of Florida. And it ties in with what Ted Cruz was just going through with Christopher Wray, director of the FBI. Ted Cruz had noted that one of the emblems that the FBI was looking at as being potentially problematic and a sign of a militia or a dangerous group violence was the Gadsden flag. Don't tread on me. And Ted Cruz adroitly pointed out to Christopher Ray that there are a number of states that actually have this flag displayed on their license plates. And joining that group of states is my own, the state of Florida. The voters here recently approved, it's primarily a black, white, and yellow license plate that on the left side has don't tread on me flag displayed prominently. Therefore, anybody in the state of Florida that has this license plate could come under, <laughs> could come under magnified attention from the FBI. It, it's just ridiculous, but it gets even worse. This is from WFLA, one of the uh, news outlets here in Florida put out a story about this license plate and began this way. Uh, under the headline of Florida's new Don't Tread on Me license plate stirs controversy, they say this, Florida's vile new Don't Tread on Me license plate stirs controversy. Gee, that's a completely neutral and unbiased approach to this news story, is it not? Now, now the license plate is vile because it has the Don't Tread on Me flag. And they go on to say that Governor DeSantis has claimed on Twitter that the plate is intended to send a clear message to out-of-state cars, likely refers to tourists from blue states like New York and California. This is some amazing mental gymnastics taking place here in the press, that they can go to this length. <laughs> that... That a, a simple license plate on your car is sending a clear message to these tourists to stay away somehow. Um, let me just say this as far as maybe defending my state or at least explaining my state. You know, a lot of people are talking about how Ron DeSantis is creating a fascist regime down here. And it's so oppressive and it's so racist and they hate gays as you know the don't say gay bill as they labeled it and all these other hysterical claims i mean this place is just an ungodly hellscape if you listen to the media a lot of this is defrayed however by a simple fact that people will not stop coming here and i'm not talking about going to disneyland for a week i'm talking about moving here I think the last time I checked, we are averaging about a thousand residents a day moving into the state of Florida. Many of those from New York and California. California, I'm, I'm going to probably touch on this uh, next hour. But California has been losing residents at a regular pace to the extent that they've lost one seat of representation in the House of Representatives should have been two. There was an accounting error with the Census Department. Oops. 
And in Florida, we actually picked up a seat in the house. And oh, another counting error. We should have had two seats. <laughs> so uh, we would have picked up the two that California should have lost. But nonetheless, and New York has been complaining about our state for some time because all of their rich billionaires and millionaires are moving here. And it's upsetting the politicians in that state. But now the Gadsden flag is supposedly turning people away. We're, we're actually displaying our backwoods thinking and, and trying to get these blue staters to stay out. It is just another example of the divisiveness that the media complains about that the media is actually fostering. I, if there's a downside to any of this, I would just say that maybe in regards to housing, housing prices here are still pretty high. Rental rates are still pretty high. And that's because people just keep coming to this inhospitable state of ours. I did see somebody sent out a meme that said uh, during the pandemic, Ron DeSantis put out a stay at home order, but that was ordered for New York, Illinois and California because we're getting too full. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our hour. I'm Brad Slager filling in for Pete Callender and stick around. We will be back at the top of next hour.